0: I have only got one verse, but I'll read just a few before it as well, because we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 5 again, and the verse for this evening is verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, but I'll read from verse 2, 2-5 two, as well, and he, that is Jesus, opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It was my intention this evening to cover just more than just the one of these Beatitudes. And uh, to be honest, when I began to look at them, I I expected to just cover the the whole of the Beatitudes in just two or three messages. But again, as I've come to look at the verse five again, it's just not been possible. Because as I said this morning, the more you go into the word of God, the more you dig into the treasure of the word of God, the more you find you discover. And so I found it impossible to just cover more than one. And so, verse 5 again Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Remember that we've discovered already that the word blessed, or blessed, whichever way you want to say it, means to be extremely happy, it means to be blessed with divine favor. And as we come to the third of these sayings or the beautiful uh, attitudes as we call them, we remember that the connection with the previous two were poor in spirit, the kingdom of God, those who mourn, they shall be comforted, and the connection in the third beatitude this evening is between the meek and the inheriting of the earth. And at first glance, as we've discovered already with the other two that we've looked at, it may seem to be that really what is this Beatitude actually talking about? We may think that it's difficult to understand exactly what it is that Jesus is portraying or saying in these Beatitudes as he brings them here on the Sermon on the Mount. And when we look at that one, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, we actually have to stop to consider what is it that Jesus is actually saying when he says that we're going to inherit the earth. For, and I've got two reasons here, we would say, well, we are already here on the earth. And secondly... Uh, the earth, we know from the word of God, is one day going to be renewed. There's going to be the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. So why, or what is the point of inheriting something that is temporal? When our focus should be on that which is eternal. Eternal. Because we need to understand that when Jesus talks about inheriting the earth, he's talking of this earth that we're on at this moment. So what does he mean? Well, we'll get to answer that. But firstly, before we answer that question, we need to understand what does it mean to be meek? And who are those? Who could be referred to in this verse 5 as those who are meek? Well, to understand the answer, we need to go into reverse. I don't know how many of this has been through, this water, but it'll do. <laughs> we have to go into reverse to get the answer. We go backwards from verse 5... The meek to verse four those who mourn and then back to verse three to those who are the poor and building on this from verse three to verse five we conclude that it is only those who have known what it is to be poor in spirit and to have mourned over their sin that can fall into this third category of being those who are meek. For meekness speaks of, first of all, submissiveness. It speaks of being a yielding person, or yielded, we heard of that last week in the family service. But it also means to be gentle, or to be peaceful, or to be humble. And... The New Living Translation, which I mentioned this morning, actually translates this verse, verse 5, as God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Now, I looked as well at the Amplified uh, Bible. If you're aware of the Amplified Bible, it literally does what it says on the can. It amplifies the word of God. And so I looked at two editions, the 1987 edition, and then I think I'll get to it in a moment, the 2015 edition. And so the 1987 edition puts it this way. Blessed, and then as you know the amplified goes into brackets. So blessed, brackets, happy, blithesome, joyous, spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favour and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, end of the brackets, are the meek. Then in brackets again, the mild, patient, long-suffering, end of brackets, for they shall inherit the earth. Then, in the 2015 edition, it puts it this way, blessed In brackets, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure, worthy of respect, end of brackets, are the Gentile, gentle, are the gentle. Start of brackets, the kind hearted, sweet spirited, the self controlled, end of brackets, for they will inherit the earth. And the 2015 edition adds a footnote to the word Gentile to say that it means humble or meek. So the Amplified Version really does amplify it. And if we were to use the Amplified Version every time we came together, we'd never finish. (laughs) Because it just seems to amplify so much. But it's interesting, when you look at the Amplified Bible, to note... That it adds in brackets something different every time it uses the word blessed. And for the verses we've already looked at, we have what the author of the Amplified is trying to say, or attempting to say, to enlarge on what the word blessed means, or what is the blessedness for each of the individual Beatitudes, According to what is required to meet it. So if we go back to the first three. Which we read of as blessed are the poor in spirit. The Amplified says blessed in brackets. Spiritually prosperous. Happy to be admired. Are the poor in spirit. So what the Amplified says. If you become poor in spirit. You will be spiritually prosperous happy, and you're a person who is to be admired. And verse 4, blessed are those who mourn. The Amplified Version says, blessed in brackets, forgiven, and refreshed by God's grace. End of brackets, are those who mourn. So, if you're willing to mourn over your sin, you'll be forgiven And you will be refreshed by God's grace. Isn't that wonderful? I just love that one. You'll be forgiven and refreshed by God's grace. But in our beatitude for today, blessed are those, uh, if you are willing to become meek, you will be, according to the 2015 edition, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure, and worthy of respect. As far as the Amplified Version is concerned, we'll look at what it has to say for the other verses when we come to them. So returning to the look that I've made backwards in these three verses. What we learn from them together is this. If we don't recognise our spiritual poverty, that is to be poor in spirit, that is to realise we are nothing and can do nothing of ourselves towards salvation, we will never learn meekness. We will never be meek, as is found in that beatitude. And if we don't come to the place of mourning over our sinfulness, we will never learn meekness. For to fail to come to the place of spiritual poorness and of spiritual mourning will mean that there is pride at work in our hearts, We will be saying, I know better. I will deal with my spiritual condition myself. I will act independently. I know best. Therefore, we can come to the conclusion. It is only the meek, those who have come to an end of themselves and have humbled themselves and learned to depend fully on the Lord Jesus Christ, who will know What it is to be blessed by inheriting the earth. Now meekness is an essential Christian characteristic or attribute. Meekness is that quality that we learn or acquire by following the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what it says about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. It says, who being God... He was up there with God. He was God. He is God. But it goes on to say, he humbled himself. He became a man. And as a man, he became the lowest of the low. But as a result, in that place of meekness, it magnified his majesty. And I think it's Graham Kendrick that wrote the song that we know, Meekness and Majesty manhood and deity in perfect harmony the man who is God Lord of eternity dwells in humanity kneels in humility and washes our feet oh what a mystery meekness and majesty bow down and worship for this is your God now when we're talking about meekness It's, it's important to understand or to grasp that meekness doesn't mean weakness it's important to understand that weakness doesn't mean weakness in fact I believe that genuine meekness is the greatest form of strength scripture says That the first are going to be last, but the last shall be first. Or it says, the least will become the greatest. And what we understand from this is that God's economy works different to the world's economy, it is the opposite to the economy of the world or to the way that the world thinks. And as the people of God, we need to learn. What it is to be meek. We need to learn what it is to be humble. To be lowly. But not in the sense that the world thinks. In which in that state of lowliness. And humility. And meekness. We are only fit to be trodden upon. But that we want to follow the model. That Jesus has called us. To follow. So. Knowing that that's what meekness is, or what it is to be meek, we need to understand then, what does it mean when it says, the meek shall inherit the earth. So, to understand what it means for the meek to inherit the earth, this time, we've got to look forward. See, to understand what it means to be meek, we have to go backwards. But to understand what it means to inherit the earth, we need to look forward. So we know what it is to be meek. What does it mean that we're going to inherit the earth? Well, we need to look at that which is yet to be. We need to look to that which is yet going to take place on the earth. Before the earth and the heavens will be dissolved in readiness for the creation of the new heavens and the new earth. We need to look forward to a specific moment of time. And that specific moment of time is that period of time that is yet to come. When Christ will come from heaven to earth the second time. And when he comes the second time, he's going to bring an end to earthly rule. To an end to earthly kings and queens, an end to presidents and like such. And at that moment when he's brought all of those to an end, he himself will establish or set up his kingdom. And yes, I'm talking about the period of time which we call the millennial reign, the 1000 year reign of Christ upon the earth. In Daniel chapter 2, <clears throat> in Daniel 2 you may remember that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. The dream troubled him. And Daniel is found because nobody else could explain to Nebuchadnezzar what this dream meant. And so Daniel is found. And Daniel's brought before Nebuchadnezzar. So that he could give Nebuchadnezzar insight as to what the dream he had actually meant. And this is what Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt about. He dreamt of a statue. And the statue had a head of gold. It had a chest of silver. It had belly and thighs of brass. It had legs of iron. And then it had feet that were made up of a mixture of iron and clay. And each of these elements, going from the top to the bottom, from the gold to the iron and clay, going from the greatest to the least in value, represented empires that would rule the then known world. And we know, looking back over history, And we know from what is in the book of Daniel that the head of gold represented the Babylonian Empire. The kingdom that Nebuchadnezzar ruled over. But after this dream it was not for much longer. Because it was not long after this dream that his kingdom came to an end. And the chest of silver that represented the Medo-Persian Empire came to rule the world. And then following the media persian Empire, we find that the Grecian Empire came into existence, which represented the belly and thighs of brass of the statue he had seen. And then following the Grecian Empire, there were the legs of iron, which represented the Roman Empire. And we know concerning the Roman Empire that this split into the Eastern Empire and the Western Empire, each of those signifying the division of the thighs down to the two legs. And then following that, it talks about the feet of iron mixed with clay, which represents a latter-day empire, an amalgamation of kingdoms and we're not going to speculate tonight who that empire or what that empire is we know that the majority would say it's the uh, european the ee and everything else and it's a fragile we know it's a fragile one the iron and clay speaks of fragility But what is important when we look at these kingdoms from Babylon to the Medo-Persian to the Grecian to the Roman Empire and to whatever the latter-day empire is going to be, the dream continued with something more which was more important, something that Nebuchadnezzar and we today need to understand. Because it says that following the time of the brittle and fragile kingdom, the God of heaven will smash the final empire. And he will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. And which will never be succeeded by another kingdom. And so we move from Daniel and we come to the book of Zechariah in chapter 14. And there we read that it speaks of a day that is yet to come when the Lord himself will descend from heaven and he will come and he will stand on the Mount of Olives. It says that the Lord himself will come with all his holy ones and the Lord will be king over all the earth. So who are those referred to in this verse in Zechariah chapter 14 that are referred as his holy ones? Well, we'll answer it in a moment, but first we're going to go to Revelation 20 and verse 6. And here we read these words, and it says, Blessed and holy is the one who shares the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ. And this is the important thing. They will reign with him for a thousand years. So notice that again. And they shall reign with him for a thousand years. So we've got to answer another question. Who? Who? Who will reign with Jesus for a thousand years? Well, from Revelation 20, we discover, if you read the chapters around it, it is those who have refused to worship the beast during the time of the Great Tribulation, and it's those who will have come to faith during the period of the Tribulation. And from Zechariah 14, it includes, as we've already discovered, all his holy ones who are going to come with Christ when he comes to the Mount of Olives. So who are they? Well, these are those who have been resurrected and raptured at the time of Christ's coming to the clouds. And so they will have been with Christ in heaven during the great tribulation upon the earth but now at the end of the great tribulation the scripture says they will come with him to reign on the earth for a thousand years and so together the group from revelation 20 and the ones from zechariah 149 they are all partakers of what scripture calls the first resurrection And together they are the meek. That answers the question for us. They are the meek. That we read of in today's beatitude. Who shall inherit the earth. Now it's important to have some understanding. Concerning what is meant by the first resurrection. Because as we learnt from that verse from Revelation 20. There's also going to be what is called a second resurrection. Resurrection. So, what is the difference of the two? Well, the first resurrection includes, first of all, the resurrection of Jesus. He is the first fruits. We read of that in 1 Corinthians 15. Secondly, it includes the resurrection of the dead in Christ. And we add to that the living believers who are included at the rapture of when Christ comes to the clouds to take the church to be with him in heaven during the great tribulation. And then thirdly, it also includes those who have been martyred for their faith during the time of the great tribulation. For although the Holy Spirit will be taken from the earth at the same time as the church is taken, at the time of the rapture, there will be opportunity for people to believe during the tribulation. We know that there's going to be opportunity, first of all, for the Jews to finally recognize who Jesus really is through the ministry of the witnesses that are going to be found in the city of Jerusalem. And I believe that also there are going to be those who are going to go into the tribulation who are possibly backsliders, who have slidden away from their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But once they see that the church has gone away, they will suddenly realise the errors of their way. They will realize that because they've not held fast, uh, that they've been left behind, but because they have a knowledge of the truth, when it comes to the time of worshipping the image of the beast, because of the understanding they have of the word of God, they will refuse to participate in the worship of the beast. And as a result, they will forfeit their lives. But then the second resurrection is a different resurrection. The second resurrection is to be the time which happens at the end of the 1,000 year reign of Christ on earth when all who have failed to believe will be raised. And this time they will be raised and judged. And they're raised not not to eternal life, as is the case for believers in the first resurrection, but they are raised to face the second death, which is to be thrown into the lake of fire. If you want some scripture references for all that I've shared there, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, and then Revelations chapter 20. So returning to our verse. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See, throughout its 2,000 year history, the church, as you and me, God's people, we've been unwanted. We've been unwanted. History shows us that with the persecution that's been thrown towards Christianity. Christianity. And it's still happening today, the world around us. And it's fast coming upon us in this nation in which we're living in. I don't know whether you're aware of just this last week or ten days ago. That somebody that was standing to become an MP in the Liberal Party has been hounded out. He's been deselected by the local group. And you know the reason why? Because he's a born again Christian. It out because of his faith in Jesus, exactly the same as what happened to Tim Fallon when he stood on the basis of scripture. See, the world doesn't want us, the world hates the Christian, but this is the good news that we learn from the Beatitudes when everyone else is when everything else is said and done, when kingdoms are done. When kings are dethroned, when empires are fallen, when rulers and presidents have been forgotten, and when all those that have persecuted the church are forgotten about, the meek, the meek, those who have recognised their spiritual poverty, those who have lamented and mourned over their sinful depravity, will be the blessed ones. They and only they. We'll know the kingdom of heaven. We'll know what it is to be comforted. And we'll inherit the earth. And So, in similar words to which I used this morning, we come in humility. And we willingly bow in the blood-stained dust of the earth at the foot of the cross. We willingly come to an end of ourselves. To put our full and total trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We live for him. We live like him. Knowing that whoever endures to the end will be saved. So blessed are the meek. Why? For they shall inherit the earth. Mm -hmm. Brothers and sisters, the world might despise us today. But one day we're going to reign with him. We're going to reign with him. Isn't that marvellous? What a beatitude. What a promise. We'll be with him. As our King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. So blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Amen.